Still there, lollygaggers. Ooh, it is. It is playoff time in the NFL. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We're going to hop back into the time capsule now that we're back to uh, all lollygaggers on the show. So um, we are, of course, lollygagging sports. I'm Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. And Samantha, before we get going, welcome back. This is your first show of 2023. Thank you. <laughs> We may or may not have floated the idea that you uh, you were on your bye week because you were the top seeded lollygagger. Oh, just just gonna just gonna throw that out there. Uh, that, <laughs> that was part. I of mean, that. I would say thank you, but I was actually absent because I was like deathly ill um, after well, we having returned from vacation. So there's probably not the top seed at anything at that point. But, you know. <laughs> well, see, we didn't want to tell people that. I mean, you, you, you got this aura of, like, you know, superhuman thing, so. <laughs> superhuman thing. Superhuman thing. Like, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> Is that a quality? I, like I hate to dispel that. I feel like, <laughs> guess what, guys? I was deathly ill and ruined our vacations. Um, my I husband can't... and I were both, like, half dead in Paris for several days, and then we had to figure out how to get home, so that was fun. Oh, uh, yikes. <laughs> well, regardless, welcome back. Welcome back Thank to you. the program. Uh, all right, so before we get into the NFL playoffs, I had to talk to you guys about what the hell's going on in this whole Carlos Correa soap opera. Uh, we now have official word that he has passed his physical with the Twins. We, ha- we have that. That, that, is, that has been – in fact, the Mets even put out a hilarious statement, this little, this little two-liner – uh, about how they couldn't come to an agreement with, with Carlos, but they wished him well. Uh, the whole thing, Samantha, I got to tell you, the whole thing, it reeks of someone changed their Facebook status and didn't tell the other person until, like, today. Now now today they've, they've sorted it out. I was expecting it's complicated, but now they appear to have sorted it out between Correa and the Twins. I is yeah. I mean, is this what happens when you like, you think you're you have two girlfriends or something, and you think you're being clever, and you think that one doesn't know about the other, and maybe they don't, and then they both Facebook request you. I mean, obviously this is all happening like 2008 or something. Like who's even on Facebook anymore? But like, <laughs> and then they both request you, and then you don't know what to do because you kind of can't say yes to either one because if you do, then the other one would see it. But you can't say no, because then there's going to be questions about that. So it's complicated. I don't know. Or maybe if you're Carlos Correa, you're just, I, I mean, you just go back to the twins, because, you know, the twins are like, it's all right if you're dating 17 other people. We don't mind. Um, we don't mind if you're missing a leg. We don't mind if you give us an x-ray of someone's German Shepherd. And say that that's your life. It's cool. See, I'm glad you went that way because what makes this even hilarious, is, or more hilarious, is you've got the twins who are the steady relationship. And I guess that makes the Giants and and the Mets the side pieces. Something I never thought I'd say on this show the word you know the phrase side piece. But here we are. Sure, then. <laughs> but aren't the twins everyone's side piece? I mean, isn't that the whole thing with them? Right? They keep getting used as like the third party and. 
that they're like the girl that you go out with to make the girl that you really want jealous and then you just ditch her and yet but then the good one dumped you so you have to go back to the one that you didn't really want in the first place i feel like that's what happened here <laughs> where it backfires you're like i'm gonna go out with this other girl like or this other guy i'll try to be fair and equal about this I'm other person i'm trying to you know i so you think, oh, well, I'll just use them because this is the twins' like lot in life, right? They're getting used in other people's trades. But then the other one figured it out and was like, guess what? I don't want you anymore. And then now you're married to the twins. Now you have to propose to the <laughs> twins because you're out of options. Like, it's a rough way to go, man. It's like, oh, now I have to propose to the one I never wanted in the first place. This analogy is getting really rough. It's but. getting rough. Let me, let me tell you something though. Uh, it's actually it's actually spot on accurate because the twins definitely by by just ignoring what not one but two major league baseball teams saw in physical and said, "No, we're going to sign you anyway." That just reeks of the desperate desperation, like the desperate move from the particular type of woman you're talking about here. <laughs> it's just. It reeks of that. I'm just glad they came to an agreement before we had a fatal attraction situation. I mean, this is, I, it's just getting nuts. Okay. So maybe this is more like, okay, so like the last boyfriend is like, she's crazy. Don't go out with her. Like, she's legitimately crazy. And then the second to last boyfriend also says, don't go out with her. She's legitimately crazy. And the twins are like, but she'll change for me. Like, it's that. That's what it is. I just figured it out. It's that. It's the I can fix her. I can fix fix her. her. I know she's just, like, flipping nuts, but, like, I can fix her. Like, (laughs) oh, right? Like, she she tried to burn down the house of her last boyfriend, but I'm sure she'll be super sane and normal with me. I mean, people have made this error, and, I mean, wouldn't the twins be the ones to... Oh, yeah. Because they're so uh-huh. desperate. Uh-huh. Um, or they don't care if she's crazy. Like, whatever, <laughs> man. Like, we're just trying to pretend like we're doing something. Like, we're not going to get, like, completely destroyed by the, the Diggins again this year. But we have a crazy girlfriend. So. <laughs> Let's bring Irby in on this conversation. I don't know where you want to jump in on this one, Herbs. Uh, there was a lot that just transpired in the last couple of minutes. But wherever you want to jump in, just go right ahead. Yeah, I, I have notes. Um, I have notes. So, first of all, um, Samantha, you were worried about the analogy there. No, you're spot on. I'm hearing you explain it that way. I'm pretty confident. My wife and I watched that Hallmark Christmas movie um, just like that, where the side piece girl's the one that ends up getting the glass slipper. Um, pretty, pretty confident we watched that one. Oh, that's the, yeah, they put those out there so that all of the girls who are not marriage material will think that they're, that they are marriage yeah. material. And, th- and that's the twins. The twins are the hallmark of Christmas movies. It's a lifetime. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, this one is, I, I'll start with Carlos. I love Carlos, how it's the, the, the quotes that are coming in from all this about how this is, this is so difficult. Um, and this was tough, but at the end, he's in a place where he's happy and where he feels at home. And I'm like, bro, aren't you the one that like tried to set fire to this house when you left for college? And now you come back a few months later, and you're like, hey, I'm back. Like, like you're the one that middle fingered these guys 
walking out the door. So that's fun. That, that'll be fun to head to the clubhouse. Um, Twins president Derek Falvey has an amazing quote on this. Um, I, I, I'll just say it and let y'all respond. <laughs> we tried to come up with a creative solution that would work for us and ultimately for Carlos and find that overlap. And we did that. <laughs> yeah, you know, Samantha, I will give him credit for this. They did get creative because this is a first I, – I, this, this is a really weird thing that they've done at the end of this deal, which is their vesting option. But that's okay if he doesn't reach the vesting option because the team has options they can just put out there whether he, his options vest or not. That just seems a little weird <laughs> to me that you've got one I, not the other. <laughs> one of those things where somebody just decided put more words in. It will sound very official if you just add words to it. Thank you. But, oh, I mean, God. yeah. Like, what is Like, that what's mean? creative? Of, well, no, that's the thing that's killing me. It's like, I don't think Derek understands medicine. <laughs> like, the injury concern is now. But you guys are going to pay him. What is he getting, like, $36 million, $35 million the first couple of years? Uh, and then like it that. tapers off pretty pretty significantly. And it's like, well, yeah, he has an, you know, a four years that can vest for seventy million. It's like, you paid him two hundred million over. I, you know, credit to Boris, man. I, you know, he could have a German Shepherd and probably get him two hundred million dollars in this league because this is. (laughs) Don't you just feel like at at some point Scott put the twins on 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 speakerphone just so all the other. Agents in the room could hear the conversation, and like you know, every he would just he would just casually mute to hey guys watch this or I bet you I can't get this and, the, and they have like a little side bet they've got some they've got some bets going on at the table the conference table I'm, I'm just envisioning a circular table where everyone's just placing bets on what Scott can get into this deal and they end up getting everything into this deal Samantha that's what this feels like oh yeah like he was like like Boris was like gather around children. Let me show you how this is done. Exactly. Uh, Let's see how much money we can get out of the, like, here's how you sell a player who other people are like, oh, my goodness. Something is very, very wrong medically with this person. Bad enough to where we're going to, like, renege on a deal in the middle of it. And then there's Boris being like, (laughs) also, I got a good contract. You just call the twins. You say some weird stuff. You add some extra words. And Derek Falvey is like, I'm feeling creative today. Let's give this guy $40 million when his leg is probably going to fall off in a couple of months. We don't even know if he has a leg. Does he have a leg? I I don't know, but apparently apparently because he hasn't had any problems out of this ankle in the last year, everything's okay. He's not going to have a problem. He he doesn't understand where the the, the concerns are coming from, even though it's right there in, in the images of his ankle. Right there, apparently, because two teams saw it. And let's be honest here, the Mets haven't exactly shown a, a willingness to be frugal this offseason. Yes, thank you. So, there it is. So, there it is. <laughs> so even, even they took a, a look at this Kmart blue light special and said no. Yeah, if the Mets don't want to give you money, like something is very wrong. Like I think we've established that the Mets will give money to anyone. Like, it, I mean, again, like, does he still have a leg? Still have a leg. 
I, 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 have I, I don't know. Questions. I'm really not sure. Well, maybe that's the creative part that Derek Falvey's talking about because they never talk about Carlos on the field playing. You know, we signed him for this. We're never going to play him, but we signed him. That's the creative act. We're paying him all this money. He's never going to play. There's the German Shepherd. We have attached the leg of a German Shepherd to this baseball player. Let's see what happens. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Now it's becoming a Disney movie from the 90s. <laughs> you know what? I wish we had time to go into which Disney movie this could be because that sounds like fun. We're going to have to. Well, but that's the beautiful thing, though. We have time because he hasn't even started the contract yet. Like, we get to see this play out. We got lots of time. We got lots of time. I'm in on the show this week, but you're right. And, you know, let's just put a pin in that because that sounds like something we could talk about in Sports Siberia, also known as February. So, you know, we'll just put a pin in that. Oh, he might be on like six more teams by then. That's a good point. We have loads of time. Like, we don't even know that this is the last stop. I mean, why would it be? <laughs> I'm waiting for him to demand a trade in spring training. That's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> I, you know, you you said the Boris thing. The Boris thing. There may be an opt out in spring training. <laughs> if there is an agent that could get a spring training opt out in the first year of a contract, it's Scott Boris, and the team that he would get it from is more than likely the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> yeah, like like we're laughing at it, but you guys both know, and everyone listening, you know, deep down, you're like, there's a chance. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not, indeed. All right. Well, let's let's move on. We've got some playoff football to talk about. Uh, so, obviously, Samantha, we've got we've got six wild card matchups um, here in the Super Wild Card Weekend that spans from from Saturday into Monday night. Uh, we're not going to talk about all six. Um, matchups. We're only going to talk about three of them, but we are we do think these are the three that 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 are going to be the most interesting of the matchups. So let's start with Seattle is traveling to San Francisco. It's the third time, Samantha. These teams have played each other. History say, history says you know that third time is the most difficult one to win. How much, how much of a concern is the fact that they're playing for the third time for the 49ers, playing the Seahawks for that third time? Is there any concern for you at all there? Well, I mean, I would never say there's no concern for me there because they're divisional rivals. They're going to play each other tougher every time. They know each other better. But usually when we're worried about that third go-round, we're talking more about a situation where, like, Okay, let's take some teams from this year. Let's take Philadelphia and Dallas. And let's say that, hypothetically, that Philadelphia beat Dallas both times when they met in the regular season. If I were Philly, I'd be really worried going up against Dallas in the playoffs under those circumstances. Right. I'm not sure that applies here. I mean, San Francisco, you can make an argument they're the best team in the NFC, and you can probably make an argument that Seattle is the worst <laughs> team to make it in. So... I'm not as concerned about it as I would be if we were talking about even, like, I don't know, take the Chiefs and the Chargers, you know? Chiefs beat the Chargers twice in the regular season. Would you be worried about a meeting there? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely you would. But, like, I mean, you're talking about opposite ends of the playoff spectrum, right? It's, this, this. Yeah. 
top tier Super Bowl contender versus guys who got in because the whole conference was a mess this year. In fact, the entire sport was a mess this year. Mm -hmm. And they kind of were the last man standing. So, yeah, I would never say zero concern under the circumstances because by definition, to have played someone three times has got to be a divisional opponent. It's always a little rougher, but, Uh I mean, if we're talking relative to the whole third-time issue, this is probably one of the less concerning scenarios if you're San Francisco. Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts on a third date between the 49ers and the Seahawks? Uh, Well, and it's... These are two teams that this is, yeah, third time, and there's some good history between these two over the last just couple of years of, of doing this. I mean, like we saw a couple of years ago, it was, what, one inch was the difference between these two? And Seattle looked, man, it's tough. Like, like, Seattle looked better in that week when these two played. The, the, the outline factor, you know, I'm going to stick with positive Seattle first. It, it, Seattle closed the gap. They only lost by eight. It wasn't a game that they were ever really in. It was one of those weird games where it's like San Francisco couldn't get the KO punch. They were leading. They were leading by two scores the whole way. Seattle scores like three minutes to go, kicks it off, and then the Niners drive for three and a half minutes and run the clock out over, you know, 80 yards. And But it was a game that ever felt like San Francisco could put them away, and that's where you get the confidence of Seattle. Seattle, it was a game played up in Washington. So this time you've got to go to California. And so playing in that environment is not going to be easy. This is this is definitely a road game for Seattle. And, and it's when they played back in week 15, it was one where the Niners actually, it was a road game for them. We've seen a lot of their games recently, especially um, against the Vegas and Arizona, where they were playing home games on the road. <laughs> Um, the Arizona, obviously the one earlier when they were in Mexico, it was these road games where they had the crowd advantage. And so this was not one. And it's the Niners since, since December and this, this 10 game winning streak they've had in these last six, they've scored 30 plus points in every game, except for the Seattle game. Now here's the positive for San Francisco. That was a short week. That was in Seattle. That was against the team that you've, had, you know, there's a long history of close matchups. And aside from that close matchups, you can chalk it up to you're at home and you've got a full week rest. You know, that would a short week going to Seattle's never an easy conversation, doesn't matter who you are. Brock Purdy, I my gosh, who would have thought who who saw this coming? <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Relevant there in San Francisco. So I the way the Niners are playing how things are going for them right now, this is a feel of, you know, it's kind of how we all talked about with the college football playoffs with Georgia. It's it's if Georgia can beat themselves. Um, and they almost did that against Ohio State, but they end up winning that. This has that similar feel. The Niners can absolutely lose this game to Seattle. Seattle, the Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, um, the, the, the way Seattle's defense can make plays, the Seahawks absolutely can put themselves in a position to win this game. Now, if the Niners can play their game and their defense shows up and does what they've been doing, San Francisco should win this and should this win this by 10. But, man, should should goes a long way, and it doesn't really mean anything at this point. Now you got to go out and do it. Well, okay. Let, let, let's, let's take it this way then, 
uh, Samantha, because I mean, the 49ers, let's be honest, are on their 10th quarterback of the season. I'm exaggerating, of course. I know how many they've had. But it seems like they're on their 10th quarterback of the season. How can Seattle pull off the upset? What does Seattle have to do? Well, I mean, let's see. This is going to be tough. <laughs> I believe in like, you. All right. I, I think you kind of have to let go of the idea that you're going to outsmart somebody, which is often how these kinds of teams get somebody. Because, like, I don't, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Pete Carroll, or at least I have a lot more respect for Pete Carroll now than I did, like, 10 years ago. But he's not going to outsmart Kyle Shannon. So you have to throw that one out. And I think you kind of have to recognize that, like, a week ago, you were in a situation where, like, you barely beat the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. Like, that, yikes. So, right. to me, some of it is about the fact that San Francisco, particularly when facing divisional opponents, and, and this is certainly true in the last matchup with Seattle, doesn't seem to be able to score at will. So, this is a team that theoretically ought to be able to put a lot of points on the board and often doesn't do that. They have a lot of low-scoring, close games. So, if you can keep it close then all you need is one break, right? You just need somebody to make a big play. So if you can keep it within one score, you're, you can get all the way to halftime and you're only down a touchdown, or we'll be generous and say a touchdown and a field goal, then San Francisco, because they're not necessarily a team that's built to run the score up on you, at least not as they are currently constituted, then you can hang around and then all you need is a big play. Right? And, and they're capable of doing that. Seattle has shown sure. that they're capable of doing that. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, and you're in a, a tie game pretty quickly. And then it's it's anybody's game at that point. And I think that you can take advantage of the fact that you're, I don't remember what the line was on this game, but it's not small. So if you're, you know, an 11 point underdog or whatever it was, and nine and a half. Nine and a half. Jeez. Um, nine and a half point underdog and you can get into like the middle of the fourth quarter and you're tied or you're down three or whatever, then then why not? I, I think the, the kind of momentum swing just by being able to hang around might be the thing that would do it because matchup wise, there's just not a good direction to go here where you can say, well, this can overpower this because on paper, that's not the case. But if you can keep it close, Anything can happen, and I do think, for the record, that Pete Carroll is still, even at his age, an outstanding motivator, the kind of guy who mm-hmm. can get that last ounce out of you when it matters, and maybe, maybe if you're Seattle, that could be the difference maker. All right, Irby, how about you? How can Seattle pull off the upset? Uh, you know, you, you, you made the joke about the Niners and how they're on Quarterback number ten, running back number forty. You know it, the wide receivers have been about the same all the time, but it seems like I didn't want to touch the running backs, man. <laughs> yeah, quarterbacks it's, was enough. It's a rotating door, but but that's what's crazy is that the we, we make that joke, but I there's the the efficiency's not changing. The offense is you know, arguably getting better. It's it's next man up, and that's what San Francisco's done all season. Um, whereas Seattle, it's different. It's been the Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett season. Noah Fant, too. I mean, it's been those five all season long. Same guys. Same thing. So so it's nothing. The, the consistency there for Seattle is the good thing. And, and those are players that can make plays, especially Metcalf and Lockett. You give them an opportunity, they can make plays. 
And and Geno Smith, I mean, crazy as it is, like we said, the forty two hundred plus passing yards that more than Russell Wilson ever had. I mean, I know they weren't over the greatest passing; they ran a lot, but that still was was a weird stat of how he did that. But it's Seattle, like that's what it is. It's the consistency. It's the same guys over and over again. It's these guys that have been on the same page all season long. Because when we start looking at the numbers you're talking about, and, and you look at the the scoring differentials and the turnovers, and you constantly pull those charts up in San Francisco's first, 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 and then you have to scroll down away to see Seattle. Like those are the things you're like, okay, this is not good for them, and it's why it's a nine and a half point favorite in San Francisco's for San Francisco. Sorry, nine and a half points for San Francisco, but it's that core. It, it's the fact that it will be the same guys for the Seahawks and not the worst to put it up again. I mean, Metcalf and Lockett both, again, thousand yard seasons and they're two guys that can go for 150 plus and a couple scores. And that's how you stick around. And that's how you keep yourself close. And it's the formula they tried back on week 15, December 15, where it's stick around Stay close. And then the last thing, it's the one that I always preach and we'll hear it a lot in the postseason. If you can make teams get threes instead of sixes, you can win football games in, in the playoffs. All right. Let's pick this one. Samantha, who do you have? Seahawks or Niners? 49ers. I have a, a tough one to sell the underdog on. I just think the gap is too big. I think the 49ers and, and comfortably so. Yeah. Irby, how about you? Yeah, I'm taking San Francisco at home. Um, the offense is clicking, and they're, unfortunately for teams, opponents against them, well, hopefully for them, they're getting healthy um, over the last couple of weeks. So hopefully they stay healthy. All right. I am also taking the 49ers. Moving on. The Chargers are at the Jaguars, Samantha. Now, um, I think I think we should start. I like, point out right off the top. You know, these teams obviously met in Week Three, but that was a lifetime ago. These were both, I would I would say, different teams in Week Three than than where they are as they finish the season. So I don't really think we should we could we could read too much into Week Three. You guys can let me know if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a lot we can read in there. But what we can do is take a look at how each one of them got here. Because while they did their job, you know, they, they, they each went on a run, they played some good football down the stretch, they won some games. Uh, it took some collapsing from competitive teams in their inner circle for them to be where they're at. I mean, do we, do we dare say that the luck factor was high for both of these teams, Samantha? Is that where we're at here? Oh, very much so. I mean... I think that it's a little bit slightly different cases. The, the Jaguars were colossally lucky. There's no doubt about that. Tennessee completely came apart, looked like they were actively trying to lose, and blew what was an enormous division lead that they should have been able to skate into the postseason so that they could you know, lose to the Chargers in round one or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The, the point is is that the Jaguars, I mean, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Doug Peterson or, or from that team as a whole, but they were extraordinarily lucky. And basically by not screwing up and watching someone else screw up, that's how they got there. Chargers, a little bit different because that's a team that has the talent. Absolutely. A lot of people thought they were going to win that division. 
I was not one of them. Uh, <laughs> like, that's an incredibly talented roster. I, whatever weird things, I, I know they're not in San Diego anymore, but I, I can't help but associate them with the Padres and, like, these Ouch. teams that are, like, perpetually hugely talented that, like, find a way to somehow screw up whatever it is that's going on. Like, they're dumb, right? They're super dumb. And so... I mean, how did the Chargers get here? I don't know. Maybe they just finally figured out how to kind of let the talent do its thing. I mean, poor Justin Herbert, badly injured earlier in the season, and we thought, oh, well, this is it. I mean, I, Brandon Staley is a very smart man who speaks very eloquently and, and pretty much can't coach his way out of a paper bag. Um, so, <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. How did they get here? I don't know. Um, by by having an incredibly talented roster and not screwing up in the same way that they screwed up a year ago. Like, you know, what you see on paper from them, they should be a playoff team. But we're all kind of amazed that they are, right? Because we're used to the Chargers finding some way to create problems for themselves. So, I mean, is that lucky? Like, is it lucky when you screw everything up, no matter what you have, and then finally you don't screw it up? Is that luck? If we're calling that luck, then yes. Then I would put them in the same category. But but I, I think we're coming from, like, a little bit of a different angle with these two in terms of how they got here, because the Chargers should be here, and yet we're amazed that they are, and the Jaguars shouldn't, and we're amazed that they are. But So a little bit different path, but definitely some luck involved, however you kind of define that under the current circumstances. So... Which one, before I, before I toss this over to Irby, which one do you think is more capable of advancing? Is it the more talented Chargers squad, or is it the Doug Peterson coach Jaguars? It should be the Chargers, but my trust level in the Chargers is, like, somewhere around zero. And I do trust Doug Peterson, even if I don't entirely trust the Jaguars. So... I don't know. I don't know that I think this is the case where the more talented team wins. I just, I don't trust the Chargers not to just screw everything up because that's what they do. It's like their entire personality. They've made their entire personality screwing up things that should be easy. That's how I feel about the Chargers. And I, they don't have any fans, so I can say this freely and no one will get mad at me. So that's convenient too. Um. Irby, how about you? Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm... What, on who has the better chance? Is that what you want? Or, or just the, the, the game in general here? Yeah, who has, who has, who's more capable of advancing between these two? I, and, and, and to set this up, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear this one on the chin from you two, and, and I just want to set all our listeners up. I deserve this too. But, yeah, I'm back on the Jaguars bandwagon. Um, I'm readopting. Of course you are. Of course I am, yeah. I'm, I'm taking it, and it's not because it's, it has a lot to do with the opponents that's placed in front of Jacksonville, and that was Tennessee as one. It was the abomination of a season that we saw from Indianapolis and Houston, who both could be considered failures for different reasons, but those were terrible seasons. And because of that, Jacksonville survived, and they moved on. At least they have a winning record, right, Tampa Bay? Um, but I – look, Chargers, look, I, 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 there is talent, yes – there, there is there. There are names on there. There are reasons to believe that this team should be competing deep into the playoffs. Absolutely, I, I'm calling fraud. I'm calling fraudulent team. Not Minnesota Vikings fraudulent. Nowhere near that tier. That's a whole other tier. But they played uh, six 
six teams this season that are in the postseason, and they went one in five in those games. Um, the one win was a two-less Miami Dolphins. But they, no, I'm sorry. It, it, it's, no, no. I, I, I look at the schedule. I look at how they won games, how they went about this season. Is the talent there that these guys can win? Absolutely. Absolutely, the talent is there that they can figure out a way to win this game Saturday night. Sure, yeah. I, Herbert, Eckler, Williams, Allen, yeah, absolutely it's there. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying I, I There's just been too many times this season with these guys that they, they can't beat a good team. They can't beat a playoff team. You know, sure, yeah, you know, I mean, we got wins over Indianapolis, Arizona, <laughs> Vegas. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Sorry, whoop-de-crap. Thank you. Don't care. Don't care. No, I'm I'm calling fraud on on the Chargers. And no, I don't think this is like, yeah. No. No. I don't think they can do it. All right, so Samantha, let's talk about these coaches real quick before we pick this one. Uh on one hand you've got the you got the, the roster you you mentioned with, with the Chargers and you've got Brandon Staley who we have questions about whether he's up to this challenge. Uh but then you've got Doug Peterson who's Proven he can do this. He's proven he can coach his team up, but doesn't have the roster. Which one are you more concerned about here? Is is it Brandon Staley and having a roster he doesn't know what to do with, or Doug Peterson who knows what to do but doesn't quite have the roster? I mean, it's if it was almost anyone other than Brandon Staley on the other end of it, I would probably say I was more concerned about the Jaguars because they're just not a very talented team. And while I think Doug is a good coach, he's not – a Bill Belichick, a guy who's like, I don't need talent. I just need people who can follow instructions. Like, that's not Doug Peterson. But I, he's a very good coach. I, I will say this. I don't think he's going to be the reason that they lose. So if you flip that over and you look at Staley and you go, there's like an outstanding chance that he will be the reason that his team loses. Because he's like, I mean, I love listening to him talk. He gives wonderful speeches, right? Like, he's going to have a great career as, like, a motivational speaker or a, I don't know, guy who waxes eloquent about football someday. He would be great in a booth. But, like, he makes horrifically bad in-game decisions. And he makes the same horrifically bad in-game decisions over and over, which would imply that he's not really learning anything. And it's like... You know, a year ago when this was happening, you're going, okay, you know, this is the first time head coach. Like, he's, he's definitely setting himself up as, like, a little bit of a cowboy, all of this. You know, we're going for it on fourth down even when, you know, in the modern era, we would still say it was a terrible idea to go for it on fourth down. Like, okay, good for you. We get it. You're very brave. You'll learn. He hasn't learned anything. <laughs> we're a year later, and we're still seeing really, really bad in-game decision-making. He takes chances when you should play it safe, and he plays it safe when you should take chances. And he has too much talent for his team to have performed as poorly as they do. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, Peterson's hands are tied in, in a way that Staley's are not, but I also don't think Doug Peterson is going to coach his way out of a playoff win, and there's a very good chance that Brandon Staley will do that. Irby, how about you? Staley with I mean, the roster he, he, or Peterson without it? I'll say Chargers coached themselves out of a playoff appearance last year, so got that. I know I'm I'm yeah I'm taking uh, Peterson's position here. 
because yes, it is not nearly as talented of a roster, but it's a roster that's bought in. It's a, it's a organization that's been pushing for this, that, that found that rhythm. I mean, they, where they were earlier in this season. Um, I mean, at times feeling just embarrassed about the way they were playing and how they're playing today, how they're playing right now. Oh, I, I like the direction that Jacksonville is going, and, and it's not going to be a Super Bowl appearance or anything like that. Like, let's, let's not say anything about, you know, these guys are ready to take on the Chiefs or the Bills or anything like that. But this is a team, a whole team, that absolutely, especially at home, absolutely can take on the Chargers and beat the Chargers. It is worth noting that Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and the top two quarterbacks on his roster were Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. So I'm going to toss that out there. I would take Trevor Lawrence over both those guys. And this is why we trust Doug Peterson to not screw up, right? Because <laughs> exactly. like, if you can survive with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and beat the Patriots in the end, like, respect, man. Like, I'm tipping my cap. Like, I... <laughs> I respect Dougie very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick this one. Samantha, who do you have here, Chargers or Jaguars? Oh, the Jaguars. Um, I, I think it's relatively rare when there's this big of a talent disparity to see it not go in favor of the more talented team. But if there were ever a situation where that would be true, it would be a guy like Doug Peterson who just shines in these kind of moments going up against like the Chargers who are – incredibly creative in the depth and breadth of ways that they find to lose football games that they should win. That's where if Doug Peterson goes on another run, like he did a few years ago with the Eagles, I'm just going to give up. Just like, you know what? I don't care who, just go where you want to go. Anyone should want this guy to be the head coach. Irby, how about you? Chargers or Jaguars? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Jacksonville as well. I, I like where they're, well, where they're at. I mean, compared to where they are a year ago, you got to love where Jacksonville's at, and everybody associated with the Jaguars loves where they're at compared to a year ago. So, huge comeback there. Um, I just, yeah, you know, the, your biggest issue last week is they really couldn't stop Derrick Henry. Fortunately, this week, you don't play Derrick Henry. So, right. yes, I like Jacksonville at home. It's almost like they tossed Urban Meyer off the ship, and now the ship is stabilized. The seas are calm, and they're back in the playoffs. I'm also taking Jacksonville. I like how Jacksonville's coming into the playoffs. Nothing against the Chargers, but Jacksonville just seems like the hot hand to me. So, sticking with them. All right, one more before we get into the time capsule. Uh, Samantha, we have the Giants at the Vikings. I think this is a funny matchup of the week. Am I wrong? Like, this is the one that I'm just, I just want to enjoy for the entertainment value, not so much the football value. I, my... Chaos Goblin Soul, which has been very deprived this football season. We have not had a lot of fun this football season. We have not had a lot of opportunities to Chaos Goblin. Mm-hmm. This is like the ultimate Chaos Goblin matchup. It's like, I mean, the Vikings and the Giants. Like, it's hilarious. Like, I just start laughing as soon as it, every time I think about the matchup, I just start laughing. I mean, the potential for like Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins are probably the two, the first two quarterbacks you would pick if you were like, who might do something stupid and hilarious in a postseason game? Like, take every team, including the ones that have been eliminated, and those are the first two people you'd mention. 
Like, it's tremendous. I'm so excited about this game. I hope that it's a disaster. I hope that it is terrible, and by terrible, I mean amazing. Like, I, I am so excited for this game. Like, I have not been very excited about football at all this year for a lot of reasons. Like, I don't know. Like, my, I had to abandon my hometown team because they're monsters, and then, like, later a dude almost died on the field. It's not been a great season, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, Giants, Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones in the playoffs, like, this makes me happy. This is restored joy in football for me. I am very excited about this. I cannot wait for this game. <laughs> Irby, anything you want to add to that? I uh, yeah, chaos wise, yes. This could be this could be fun. Let's get a and these two, you know, three weeks ago played each other and that's one where we can look at it. Let's get another one like that. That was a that was a thirteen to ten Giants lead at the end of three. And all kind of hell broke loose in the last three minutes. If you remember this, the Vikings scored to go up eight. The Giants, it only took them a minute to go 75 yards, score the touchdown, get the two. Mm-hmm. They left too much time on the click, the clock, the click, the clock. The click. And Greg, yeah, the click. Chaos. Chaos. Yeah, it's the chaos. Yeah. And with and as time expired, Greg Joseph made a 61-yard field goal. So yeah, I, let's have another one of those um, because this is two teams that, uh, if they're playing pretty much anyone else in the NFC, we're picking against both of them, and that's why that's what's fun about this because this is not this is this is not the regular season anymore. We're we're into the postseason, and and somebody walks away with a W. That's what's wonderful about this. That that what you could say all the things about these teams and the records and all blah blah blah. One of these two teams walks away with a W come come Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. All right, let's talk about the Giants here, Samantha, for a second before we actually try to pick this matchup, which is gonna be fun. Um, the one thing that, that kind of bugged me about week 18 was was the New York Giants because it wasn't too long, it was just a few weeks ago, where the commander stock was up, the Giants stock was down. We were we were very close to riding the Giants obituary for this season. Very close to doing that. They turn it around, they go on a run, they 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 clinch a playoff spot, probably helped by the fact that Washington started Carson or yeah started Carson Wentz, but that's neither here nor there. They go on a run. They stabilize. They start playing the type of football where you could go walk into Minnesota and maybe upset the Vikings. And then week 18, they take their foot off the gas. Why didn't they treat that like a playoff game? Because I'll tell you right now, had they actually done that, had they treated it like a playoff game and, and played the players they should have played, because I don't know if you noticed, but Daniel Jones isn't exactly a finished product. Like he still needs some work before he gets into into some postseason play. So, had they done that, I might have picked them here, and a lot of people might have picked them here because the the Vikings just looked like a soft team to me, and a soft team. But the Giants didn't do that. Instead, they take their foot off the gas. I'm expecting a flat Giants team. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm expecting a flat Giants team. What do you think, Samantha? Did they make a mistake there? Should they have rested people like they did, or should they have just played played it like a playoff game? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not totally convinced that the Giants can't find a way to win this football game. But I, I do agree with you that, like, I think that this idea of must rest your starters if you have quote-unquote nothing to play for has gone too far. Um, I'm not sure that the inability to change your seating means you have nothing to play for. I mean, we saw who did it, it was two years ago. Pittsburgh did this two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't improve their seating, couldn't change their matchup. They felt they were overconfident about facing a, a kind of upstart Browns team in the postseason, and they rested all of their starters in the last week of the regular season, and they got embarrassed by a Browns team that really wasn't very good a week after that in the postseason. And that's what I'm worried about. And I I kind of like feel like we need to get away from this idea that you have nothing to play for just because you can't change your seating, because I think you're absolutely right. I think there was a really good reason to keep the starters on the field. Like the fact that you can't change your season doesn't mean you have nothing to play for. I think it matters. And I don't know that they're like the kind of team I I will be honest and say I would be more worried about this if it was one of those teams that you feel like has trouble motivating itself. Um, we've certainly seen that. I mean, my my guy Dallas comes to mind oh, yeah. here. Oh yeah. Um, like I they they scare me more than anyone in that capacity. But the Giants are like not exactly at the top of my list. Like they're not exactly firing, right? Like it's not like. You could probably take all, I don't know, the Bills starters off the field in Week 18, even if they were in a similar situation, and say, hey, I think they can kind of leave that a week later. Or a Belichick team where it's like, okay, we're just following instructions. Like, this is just business. This is the business that Bill is conducting right now. Next week, we will get it done. I don't know that I trust the Giants to be able to do that. And while I really like Brian Dable, and I, I think he does a lot of things really well as a first-time coach, I don't know that he's, like, he's not Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just yeah. jump out of bed and want to run through a wall for this guy. And I worry about that. So I, I think I have a different opinion on how this game is going to turn out than you do. But I agree with you that I think that was a mistake. Irby, anything you want to add there before we pick this one? Uh, no, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I get it. I get the resting. Um, I but I'm not a fan of how New York went about it because there's something between resting and there's something between getting ready for the postseason. I, you know, look at uh, what happened the week prior with Tennessee when they had the game against Dallas. I know this is a different situation, but the, the point is the same. A game against Dallas where it's like it did not matter what happened in that game. They just had to win the next week. So what did they do? They didn't rest everybody. They rested the hurt. They rested the injured, the ones that, yeah, Oh, he's questionable, game-time decision. No, that's who's sitting. That's what I'd like to see for the Giants, the players that needed to sit, the players that needed a, you know, it's, hey, we need you to get 100% because we're about winning, you know, in the postseason. Not essentially everybody, and I know it wasn't everybody, but, yes, I don't like to take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit going into meaningful, meaningful games because now it's one-and-done time. No, that's a great point, too. I, I wanted to bring that up as well, and I, I'm glad you did because I wasn't thinking about it. But yeah, like, you want to rest Saquon Barkley? Sure. Absolutely. 100% get it. But that's not really how this went. Like, they just kind of yanked all their starters. Like, why, why was Daniel Jones not on the field? I well, I mean, at, at least play him for a half. Yeah, he doesn't have to be out there the whole game. Yeah. Just, 
Yeah, I, mm, get yeah. Them some reps. Get them some reps. I, I understand. Yeah, sure. Barkley on a snap count, of course. Yeah. But, like, why? Mm, yeah, don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's pick this one. Samantha, who do you have here? You have the Giants, you have the Vikings. I'm still going to take the Giants, um, even though I am deeply concerned uh, about everything that you just mentioned. It's just that I'm also deeply concerned about a lot of the things that are going on with the Vikings, like that they appear to be cratering um, in the second half of the season, that they really haven't played anyone. The Giants have played a much tougher schedule. Um, and the Giants have been on a better trajectory recently, even if you sort of throw out the fact that they really, really kind of phoned it in in week 18. So I don't know. I just, I don't trust the Vikings. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't really trust the Giants either. And I mean, let's be honest, it's a chaos ball, right? Like, we flip a coin, we don't know what's going to happen here. Somebody might fall down on the one yard line and like trip over their own helmet and fumble it, and then somebody will return it 99 yards, and that would be the difference in the game. Very possible in a situation like this, but I, I don't know. I still feel like the vibes are worse for the Vikings than they are for the Giants. And, like, that's how you have to pick games like this, right? Like, who's got the worst vibes? Like, it, there's no logical way that you can't apply logic to something like this. So, you know, yeah, I had bad vibes on the Vikings, so I'm going to take the Giants. Kirby, how about you? Uh, yeah, Chaos Bowl. Chaos Bowl. Hopefully, you know, Samantha, I like your, your how we're going, how that ending. I like that ending. That's a good one. Um, maybe we end with a safety. That would be a fun difference maker. Um one point, just flip it one point to one point for the safety. Oh, or the, the Dan Orlovsky, like, can't you see either one of these quarterbacks yes. like, do that, running out of the back yeah. of the zone? Either one of them. Yeah, that's definitely how this this, this thing in. So, uh, with all that said, you know, I, I threw it at you guys yesterday. This is uh, uh, chaos, add to the chaos bowl. Um, there's a decent chance, especially if this game is low scoring, um, that the winner will still have a negative in the point differential this season because both teams allowed more points than they scored this season. New York is a negative six. Minnesota is a negative three. So with all that said, yeah, I love Minnesota is going to win this by two or one point. So they stay in the negative because, <laughs> I don't know, I just, I just, you know, for me, chaos here, we can go back and forth. I'm going to just put Justin Jefferson's the difference for me and why Minnesota's able to, to sneak out a win in the Chaos Bowl. Yeah, I'm also taking the Vikings for the reasons I was talking about just a few minutes ago. Um, I think I think Minnesota's going to take this because the Giants are going to come out flat. The Giants might be able to, to, to come back a little bit as the game progresses, but they're going to start out flat and... They only have themselves to blame for it. It was it's unnecessary what they did here. All right. Well, that sets the uh, the super wild card round of the playoffs for everybody. Let's hop back into that time capsule. Uh, this is of course my week, so we're gonna have some fun. Um, in February, in fact, February first, two thousand and nine. The Pittsburgh Steelers became the first NFL team to record their sixth. Super Bowl victory, a feat that was matched by the Patriots like two years later. Um, so let's hop back into 2009. Uh, let's, let's stick with the champions. So obviously the Steelers won the Super Bowl. Uh, who won the World Series that year, guys? 2009. 
Uh, let's see. So this would have been the Phillies and the Yankees. Yep, that's correct. Yep. So the, the Yankees. Last time they won. Gave you an easy one. You know, we're, we're kicking off the new year of the time capsule. So I'll give you guys an easy one to start off with. All right, how about the NBA Finals? Who won the finals in 2009? Of course, this will be the culmination of the 2008-2009 season. Well, I mean, that's what... Lakers? Yeah, I was saying, guess Lakers, because this is in the height of Kobe's. Um, But... That's correct. And they they probably won it, too. (laughs) They did just get there. They won it. But who did... Who did they play? Uh, Stan Van Gundy... Orlando. There it is. Ooh. Well oh, well done. Got the coach and everything. Very, very And that's very what well I remembered done. about it. I just couldn't. I was like, I know Stan Van Gundy was there. Who was the coaching? <laughs> <Magic>. Okay. <laughs> All right. The 2009 Stanley Cup final. You guys will take a stab at that one? No clue. <laughs> this was a real fun one. This, oh. one. this one went seven games. Irby, how about you? I... So this is the beginning, 09. I'm trying to think. Like This is the, no, this is when the Sharks were really good. But I don't, uh, Stars weren't good back then. Who else was on the East Side? Boston was good. Jersey was good. Pittsburgh was good. Um, Vancouver was good. I, uh, somewhere in those guys. One of them? You did get one of them. In fact, you got the champion. Okay. You, okay. you got the champion. Um, in 2009, the Pittsburgh Penguins defeated the Detroit Red Wings in seven oh. games. Oh, that's back when the Red Wings were still over on that side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven-game series, which is the best Stanley Cups. That, oh, oh, so that's at the – wow, this is like the transition. So Sidney, Sidney Crosby would have been a youngster on that team. Uh, That's back during their run. New strategy for Stanley Cup. I'm just going to do what you did, which is to name 50 percent of the NHL. That's not a bad strategy, Samantha. Really <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> Here are the teams that were kind of good. Was it one of them? Yes. Sweet. We're in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. All right. That, that'll wrap up uh, sports. So some some cool things happened and some not-so-cool things happened. Uh, here's some top moments from the year 2009. Uh, Hannah Montana, the movie, hit theaters in 2009. Glee and Modern Family aired their first episodes in 2009. Wow. Um, in the world of technology, you know, obviously this is 2009, so we're not going to have anything like Windows 3.1, which is always going to be fun. Uh, Facebook launches Farmville in June of 2009. The King of Pop, Michael Jackson, said goodbye to him on June 25th, 2009. And uh, I know everyone's going to remember this. I didn't remember that it was 2009 until I pulled this up. But this was also the year of an incident at the VMAs where... Kanye West interrupts one Taylor Swift while she was accepting her Video of the Year award. That was 14 years ago? 2009. 
old. <laughs> 2009. Now, the rest of this stuff uh, is mostly things we're about to get into with music and movies, but this was, this is the problem. I'm going to leave you guys with this. This is, this is the one that, that kind of got me. Uh, this is also technology. Uh, in the year 2009, Sony sold 12 million floppy disks, and then in 2010, stopped selling them all together. So they sell twelve. We, there were still discs in two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Where did one put that? I don't know. Like, I don't remember having a computer that. Was That's like, the same that thing Sony finally asked. <laughs> where, where, where are people putting these? They sold twelve. What does one do with it? <laughs> like, uh. Oh, you know what? It always always got me with those with those computer discs. Is like the really big ones were known as the three and a halfs. The floppy disks weren't floppy, but the big ones were. That, did, that, did that get anybody else? Because that always that always got – I was always confused Oh, that. yeah. But, like, what I thought was a hard disk was actually a floppy disk because it was not <laughs> floppy, but the bigger ones were floppy, which didn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you know, in, in December of 2009, uh, the Jersey Shore premiered on Aww. MTV. In December wow. of 2009. Okay, so let's ask. Some I got married in 2009. Yes, you did. Did you have that one on your list? I did, I, I did not. <laughs> uh, I should have. Don't tell Amy. Amy, go to the Jersey Shore. Don't, don't, don't she rat did, me out, dude? I did not. I did not. No, thanks for bringing it up, Bo. Good job. Um, I, yeah. No, we did not. We were, we were, we we went, we went to Wyoming. We're actually this summer taking the kids back to the same place. Um, where we did our honeymoon, taking out the Yellowstone and going out there white rotter rafting and dodging wolves and bears. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> All right. Let, let's take a run at some, let's do music first. Top 10 Billboard singles from the year 2009. Look at you, Samantha. You, you, this is always your, your main event. Okay, so I'm thinking that just because we know what happened at the VMAs that year, that that's probably going to give us some clues. Mm -hmm. um, there's got to be a, well, yeah, no, there would be a Taylor Swift. I don't know if they're, actually, it's kind of Kanye, too, because, like. Well, there would be a Beyonce so, as well, because that wasn't that the. Yeah, the same probably. ladies, probably. Mm -hmm. So, but, like, I'm thinking Taylor Swift, so this is going to be Fearless. So that'll be Love Story and You Belong With Me. Okay, Love Story checks in at number five. You Belong With Me checks in at number 11. Oh. So you got you got one okay. of the top ten there. Was, was okay. Single Ladies on their single ladies. Single, single ladies in the top ten? That was, that was number eight in 2009. Okay, and is there a Kanye? There is a Kanye. Checks in at number nine. Do you know which song? Uh, I know which album. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I know which song. Um, geez. So this is going to be... This is before... Wait, are we talking... This is before, like, Power and all that, right? So this is the album before that. So I guess that would be what, like, oh, geez. 
I, I, I had to, guys, we had to cancel Kanye. I don't listen to it anymore because he had to be canceled because mm-hmm. he's crazy and he loves Hitler. Um, uh, what was on that album? I can see the cover of it. I know exactly what it looks like. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with this. I'm sure I would know it if you told it to me. But Irby, you have any guesses on this one? No. Right. <laughs> I, I'll pick that up then. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick that up when when I when I'm going through the rest. Uh, if if you guys don't get them, um, okay. What other hints can I give you? I will say this, that, that number one surprised the hell out of me. Uh, a popular band back in 2009 that kind of fizzled. Really band? Like, yeah. Okay. It has, band. Yeah, they haven't. They, they kind of, it was a pop artist. But they haven't, they, they haven't done much in the last handful of years. Like, like they, they, got, they, got, they, they exploded onto the scene and they kind of fizzled out. In just two thousand nine, or did they explode for at least a second year. <laughs> oh, I think they were around for a couple years, but they, but I, I, it's not it's not a group that that I think of much anymore. Everyone, I everything I can think of from around that time is a solo artist. This is interesting because I have some guesses, but none of them are a band. That's a group. It is a group. One oh, of, one oh, of the, oh, one, wait, one no, of, I might know. It's that stupid song that people play at weddings. Um, the, that doesn't. Called? You got there with that um, <laughs> the, the Black Eyed Peas song. Um, I got a feeling. You got the artist. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, that is number four. I got a feeling. Black Eyed Peas. The Black Eyed Peas also had the number one track from they have another song. Yeah. See. So I told okay. You, they I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've heard it, but I don't know. I actually hadn't heard of it either until I saw this list. Irby, any any guesses there? Black Eyed Peas. Um. No. I'm trying to think at that same time. Hmm. No. Okay, the number one track from 2009 was Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, gross. <laughs> you can block that out. Can we, can we do another song quick? I'm going to have that in my head now. That's not a good band, guys. That was not a good band. Um, yeah, let's... I thought they were called a band. All right. Yeah, that's true. We're not really calling that a band. Is that fair? Yeah. Oh man! Right. So, so there's really only a couple more I want you guys to, to try to guess before I, I I just tell the rest of the top ten. Uh, checking in at both two and three, same artist. I'm I'm almost positive I know who this is gonna be. Same artist. She was she actually appeared in the top 100 chart four times at two, three, thirty five, and fifty three. It's got to be Lady Gaga, right? It is, yeah. It is Lady Gaga. Now, let's see if you can get the order. What was number two? Oh, well, the first, okay, Poker Face would have to number, be Yep, one that's number sure. two. Yep. That's and then the two. next one's either going to be Just Dance or Paparazzi. Just Dance checks in at number three. All right. All right. And you, you already got I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas at number four. Love Story by Taylor Swift at number five. Number six is the last one. Uh I think the best hint I can give you without totally giving it away. It was it was one of those it was it was a prominent song 
in the first Hangover movie? I hate that movie. Um, Ooh, you're the first person I've ever heard say that. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> uh. Oh, you know what, though? I think I heard the answer to this. What is it? It's Flow Rider. Isn't it Flow Rider? It is. That, it's the, the, um, <laughs> oh, wow. I can't remember the name of the song, but it might come to me. It's the one where Kesha's the uncredited vocalist on it because she wasn't famous yes. yet at that point. Right. The, it's, the, the, it's, it's a riff on an old song. Um, yes. Uh, right Ooh. Round. Right round. There it is. That was number six. Nice. All right. N- number wow. S- Number seven was I'm Yours by Jason... I can't pronounce his last name. Mraz. Oh, Jason Mraz. Mraz. Oh, I did, say, I, did, I did say it right. Okay, good. Uh, number eight, again, mm. s- Single Ladies Put a Ring on It by Beyonce. Number nine, Heartless by Kanye West. Number ten, real quick, let's see if you can get it. It's, it's the one alternative track in the top ten. It's the only one. Everything else is hip-hop. <laughs> Alternative Rock, number 10. Tell you a lot about 2009. Right there. Yes, it Alternative does. Rock? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, um, it's kind of a holdover from the early, or the late 90s, early 2000s Alternative Rock bands. Like they played then, or no, they no, were no, still... No, it's kind of the last bit of this genre before it started to... <laughs> Give way so are we talking about a true alt rock band or are we talking about emo or pop punk? Ooh, good question. I also don't know the answer to that question. I'll let you, I'll let you know if you, once we once we get it cleared here. Any okay. ideas? No. All right. I would need. Oh, give me a hint. I I don't really have any more hints I can give you on this song. I don't know it that well. I just know this. I can I can hear the chorus. Um. Mm. Alright, how about I, I'm gonna give you the artist, you give me the song. How's that? Oh, okay. Alright, the artist is the All American Rejects. Oh, okay. Oh. So pop punks then, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what what's I've got the song. For, what's too late for swing swing? That was earlier. Um uh, oh it's uh gives you hell. That's it. Gives you hell, yes. Alright, that that's our that's our mm. top ten. <laughs> well done, Samantha. You earned yourself another bye week. <laughs> I, have, I right. told you guys I have one skill. My one special skill. I don't really have any other skills, but I have this skill. Okay. Although I didn't get the I didn't get the That's your superhero thingy right there. That's your thingy. That is my thingy. Yeah. Yeah. Weird billboard top one hundred recall. Like <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, one more. Let's get let's get into the movies real quick. We got about oh, five-ish minutes or so to spend on this before we got to get out of here. Uh, so, domestic box office top-grossing films from 2009. I'm going to tell you right now. There's a lot of movies in here that you know you're you're going to know. There's some you're not, and there's a, there's actually some surprises on where they rank in 2009. So. What do you what do you want to start guessing with here to get to this top ten? Well, low hanging well, fruit. One of them's got to be the Hangover, right? The Hangover. There you go. Based on the yes. musical. The Hangover checks in at number earlier. six. Yeah. <laughs> hangover so, at number six. Oh nine. We're still with the Harry Potters. Yeah. There so is which, a Harry Potter. 
That so would is be. That Hallows 1 or is it Half Blood Prince? No, it's I, Half Blood no, Prince. No, that's Half Blood Prince. Because the two, one and two were in the, the, the 10, it was a 10, 11, or 11, yeah. 12. Yeah. Yeah, Half Blood yeah. Prince. Yeah, Half Blood Prince. This would also be uh, Avatar, should be there. All right, so yeah. let, let me catch up here. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince is at is number two in two thousand nine. Yeah. Avatar number five in two thousand nine. So Avatar that was a December release. It was December eighteenth, and it okay. checks in at number five. <laughs> two weeks, and they get to number five. <laughs> I do not understand the appeal of those movies. Two, uh, two weeks, and it grossed $283 million in two weeks. It finished, by the way, as the top-grossing film of all time at $749 million. So that's why I wonder why I think people have no teeth. Soon to be broken by itself, right? <laughs> oh, probably. Why? Probably. Uh, so, um, more cringeworthy... Aren't we still in the middle of the Twilight movies during this time? There or is. The be- yeah. Yeah. There is a Twilight film on here. I actually thought uh, I was going to Yeah, but I don't know. You guys. <laughs> I don't know what any of them are called, though. I just No, I don't either. Twilight. I just knew it was at that time. But you're right. That's the timing of it. Yeah. If you could tell me the options of the names, I might get it. <laughs> now, I, I tell you what, I'm going to I'm give you guys credit for this because you actually remembered a Twilight movie because I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> number four... In 2009 was the Twilight Saga New Moon. I wonder which one that is. No, was it, which one is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about Twilight. <laughs> I just know it was weird vampires that didn't have fangs. That's what I know about Twilight. Yep. It had no fangs. Seems weird. All right. Okay. No. Um, I got one, too, that's a, a big favorite of my wife, but it may not make the top ten. Because um, she will watch anything by this actor in this type of movie. That would be the first of the Taken movies. Oh, that's the timing seems right for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I, I remember us going to see that before getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the number one Taken fan, isn't she? Isn't she the one that will watch like all the ones, even the anything Liam Neeson. Oh, oh, even even the ones he's coming up with now. Like he's seventy-two years old, dating a thirty-year-old, and acting like he's twenty. Jumping through buildings. I'm gonna pay for Okay, that. I don't Here. respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Taken was number eighteen. Uh, yeah, I figured it probably didn't do as good. Okay. And the thing is, it needed the whole year to get there because it premiered January thirtieth. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I remember seeing that before we got married. Um, okay, so we've got to get some animated stuff in here too. What about a Fast and Furious? There's got to be one. There's probably a Fast and Furious in there. Uh, yeah, there is, in fact, a Fast and Furious. It, it was number 15, and there's not a number after it. Was that the original one? Was that the first one in this saga? No, 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 no. No, the, the first was 2001. Right. The first yeah. was 2001. Yeah, I don't, have a, I don't have a number. No, this should be, I think it's, like, it's, it might be four because they one and two were together, then the third was that Tokyo Drift that oh, made absolutely no sense one. whatsoever. Totally new people, and then they took a pause before this going through like this set. Five. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. It's got to be four. That makes sense. Well, it is. Yeah. It is Fast and Furious, not the Fast and the Furious. So Fast and Furious must be because that's mean. not confusing at all. Oh no, okay. not at all. Yeah, it only got me here. I do like those though. I mean, they're stupid, but I like them. 
It's number 15. 2000. So 2009 is also before any of the, the Marvel Universe started, unless it's an Iron Man in there. What about X-Men of, now? But, oh, no, but the X-Men original, would have been wrapping up, yeah. We were still getting some of the, the original? No, the original trilogy was over in, like, 2004. Right, but they, they had done another... Like the newer ones. Yes, because they did a few of those, and then I don't think... Iron, I, I want to say Iron Man was 2000. But it was right I in here. Later. I'm thinking Wolverine. Uh, Didn't that come before Iron Man? I'm not seeing. Yes, Wolverine that stuff was Iron Man. Yeah, I'm not seeing either one. Okay, of those. I don't know. We may have a wrong year on that. I'm not sure I would be able to pin those down. But I do want to go. So, do we do we have any of these animated? Like, there's got to be there, a Pixar okay. in here. We're well, still in the middle. Mm, of, there's, yeah, there's an animated Disney at three. Uh, Avatar basically is animated, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, no, no, but like, what's the other studio? DreamWorks. Dream, yeah, DreamWorks. There, there's, there's, there's two DreamWorks films in here. One of them was number one. Uh, the other one is number eight. Number eight wasn't animated. Number nine. Anim, uh, yeah, eight, Ooh. nine, or yeah. So you've got three animated. In the uh, let's see. So it's too early for Toy Story three. Uh-huh. So what came before that? It's too late for like those ones about bugs that I didn't understand. Um, that was oh um up up. Thank you. Ew. Up was number three. Yes. Yes. Like no. Up was no. number three. Oh. What about um Wally? So no, not on my list. No, no, no. There would have been two Pixar's. Right? Or was there two Disney? There... They never went head to head against each other. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't think so, but I don't know. I don't know. I just know it was from around that time. But... Yes. Yeah, there's no one. Um, it's probably not the same. Oh! What was the, the other animated? The voice started Oh, wait. The, the Ice I... Age movies. There is an Ice Age uh, movie in Summer 9. Okay. I don't know what any of those I've never seen. Yes. Do you know which I was one? not a big fan. No. I, I, All right. I know it was that time. I say the Dawn of the Dinosaurs is number nine. Couldn't even tell you what order nine is. <laughs> Probably not the first one. Is this a year of um, uh, The Blind Side? The Blind Side is number yes. 10. Yes. Woo! Well done. Okay. Number Good. 10. Right. I thought I was going to give right. you that one too. All right. Okay. So you still and need the the number one grossing movie. Need one. Oh man, we don't have number one. Yeah, you need number Jesus. one, number seven, and number eight. One, seven, and eight. Okay. And how many of these are animated? Uh, number eight was animated. Number seven is a reboot. Uh, number one is a sequel. Oh boy. Okay. What would it be okay, around this time? Or a reboot? Oh, I think I know what the reboot is. Is it Star Trek? It is Star Trek, number seven. Oh, that was, was wow. But I remember fairly specifically where I was sitting in a bar when someone told me about it and tried to sell it to me. Hey, they did, that reboot did good for a couple movies. It did. And then they blew up their own ship on the third one and didn't make it anymore. <laughs> Well, they blew up their ship. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, not not figuratively. <laughs> figuratively. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was. So we're still missing number one. Number one. Yeah, I, what can this be? You said it was a C. Okay, so it's a sequel. sequel. <sighs> so I, not animated. Not animated. Wow, not animated and a sequel. Sequel. Was it? I can think. Was it one of those? Is it a comedy? No, it's an action movie. Action movie. Oh man. I have a, oh I have a hint I can give you, but I don't want to give it to you. I have it away. Okay, I've got a guess and it's really kinda of makes two thousand nine seem a lot sadder than it probably was. Mm. If this is I'm hoping this is the eight, not the one. Oh, you said the eight was animated. Dang it. Right. Wow. Um it would have been Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. That would be the number one film. Of Golly! Oh, I've never seen any of those. Okay. <laughs> like Star Trek, the first couple were good, and then it just kind of went to hell after that. Yes. This was the this was the second one. I think so. No, first one was like two thousand. This was the third. The first one was good. Like the first one, I felt like I was a kid watching cartoons again. Yeah. And and then they. Quickly ran out of story, but still made three more. There's another one coming out this year, by the way. Why? Yeah, I saw that. All right. Yeah. Any any guesses for number eight? The animated oh, film. Man. Who's okay? Who's the what studio? Is this? DreamWorks. Oh boy, these are the ones I don't know. Uh oh. So this is the. It's it's this is all after the Shreks. Uh huh. We oh, haven't started like the. No, we hadn't done any of those. We this is okay. before uh, Minions and and yeah, Despicable, Despicable Me, right? It's not Despicable Me. This is this is. Is this too? I think too early for that. Is it? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Not that. Okay. Wow. So I this is before. Then this. No clue. Did you like voices? No, I'm not. That, that might get away. Do voices? No, no, no. Who is the who are the voices and who are the, oh, the actors? Oh, I thought yeah. you were asking him to do the voices of the talking. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say no. You <laughs> can. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, hang on. Let's see. No, no. That's not, not going to give me what I need. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like we have to know this, but I don't have yeah. a clue. I can't remember because they. DreamWorks kind of struggled after the Shreks and before the Despicable Me's. That's what I'm afraid of. Is this like going to be one of those things that like no one saw? It's a, clearly someone saw it if it's in the top ten. But <laughs> wow, yeah, I you know what I yeah I don't think I'm going to be able to get this. Wait, is we'll it is it, it the is it the How to Train Your Dragons? It is oh. not. No. Oh. That, that was cute. I did see that. It was cute. Dang. In in. So, in your defense for both of you, it wasn't one of the well-known ones. Uh, number eight, DreamWorks, Monsters vs. Aliens. Oh. heard of that. Is that a real, you said it's a real movie? Yes, it is. We, we watched that one at the house. By is that, this is, is it, Carlos Seth Rogen's, Seth Rogen's a voice in that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, by the way, Samantha, I overlooked this. Uh, Wolverine was number 11. Hmm. Okay. So you were never correct saw it, but with Wolverine. I thought the timing was okay. S- some other notables in here. Uh, 
Two, uh, the, the disaster movie 2012 was number 14. Yeah, no, 2012 came out in 2009. Love, oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, love movie. that movie. Uh, love the, uh, that's such a terrible, terrible story, but the destruction is amazing. It really is. I uh, not like number, disaster movies. N- number 17 was Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, <laughs> Never seen that? <laughs> <laughs> number 19. Pepper. And again, this this was because this looks like it's because it was a December release. But Gran Torino was number nineteen. Whoa! Don't know what that is. Wow! Uh, that's well. The, the he won. That's the Clint Eastwood. That won a lot of the Oscars, didn't it? It did, and it did. Not that was a big Oscar year for them. Didn't even know he was still alive. Cool. He okay. still is today. Still directing movies. <laughs> How old is he? Like two hundred? Like what he's in his nineties. Carlos Correa's leg. I don't believe he's alive. Here we are again. Yeah, but Phoenix would probably would pass the physical before Correa. That is fair. The, uh, <laughs> that is fair. the, uh, the version of A Christmas Carol, the, the animated version with Jim Carrey as a voice, was number 20. Never seen that. Uh, okay. Terminator Salvation was number 22, and Inglorious Bastards was number 25. So whatever I was doing this year, it clearly wasn't going to move. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire was number 27. <laughs> oh, there's the big one. Okay, so that's the one that won Best Picture. That didn't over Grand Street. Yeah. Oscar, although, again, didn't see Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, 2009, guys. Uh... <laughs> Good job, Bo. Good it's stuff. It's an interesting year. Also, uh, I was right on the Clint Eastwood will be turning 93 this year. Still not sure I believe he's still alive, but okay. <laughs> but oh, I do boy. believe he could pass a physical before Carlos Correa, whether he's alive or not. So. Well, that's, that's you know. doesn't need to be alive for that. <laughs> that's a gift. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Until next week. It's playoff time, man. You know what you got to do this weekend. You also need to, while you're listening, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Let us know how you like us on Twitter. And all the fun stuff. Help us, with that, help us out with that algorithm so we can reach more podcast people. Until next week, enjoy that football weekend.